I'm Jason Dees, and you're listening to The Week. The Week is a weekly podcast with the purpose of helping you apply the gospel to your everyday life. If you have questions for The Week, or if you would like for us to talk about anything specifically on The Week, I invite you to text us at 678-951-9041. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's episode. Well, it's uh, been another very interesting week, and I'm joined today really by three of my very best friends in the entire world, guys that I like talking about life with. We have these conversations a lot just individually or even as a group, and I thought that some of these things that uh, we're going to bring up today would be hopeful to think through or helpful to think through. Of course, just our goal here is that we as followers of Christ would see our lives um, and think as Christians, that we would see our lives through a Christian lens, that we would approach situations through a Christian lens. And so it's been an interesting week for all of us. Um, so I'm joined today by Josh Youssef. He's back. Ben Washer and Chris Maduri. I tell you what, I'll kick it off. Uh, something for me that's hit me this week is how poorly I've eaten and how poorly I'm eating. <laughs> I think some of it's related to ages. Well, I think some of it's related to just being out of my normal rhythm and, and, and maybe just kind of the tenseness of it. I think, I, I think there's probably some of me that's responding to that. Like <laughs> that we have these like, uh, sour cream and onion chips up here at the collective. And I've like never, ever had a bag of them, but like this week alone, I've eaten like all five bags that we had on display out of the thing. <laughs> and so they're like the little bags, but still like, I'm like, what am, what am I doing here? So some of it's that I also, as you guys know, recently separated my shoulder. Uh, and so I can't do a lot of the normal kind of exercise I can do, but I mean, it's still no excuse. Uh, so it's just, it's made me reflect a lot on just rhythm and how that in, is important in life and uh, how those kind of rhythms lead us toward or lead us away from godliness. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so easy to stress, you know, manage the stress through eating or whatever outlet. And it's, it's easy just from the lack of rhythms to, you know, find yourself just not engaging the things you would normally do when you're more busy. It's like yeah. all the free time, all the free time ends up making you think you can just do it later, do it later, do it later, do it later. You know, it's, it's hard to dig in and have the same discipline. Yeah, I know. I, I recall, yeah, I mean, you know, Jason and I had our weight loss competition, you know, last summer. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not exactly the same weight that I was then. I am far the from that place of my life. Yeah, I know. And I, it's hard because there's no rhythm, right? And so you kind of wake up, you, you do thing, and, you know, you get bored, so you eat sometimes. You know, your kids are challenging to keep our kids eating healthy at the time because they find every snack in the house right now because they <laughs> are in the house 24-7. Um, and so I, I think it's so challenging, you know, myself and my wife, we just put this boundary together. We need to function like it's a weeknight from Monday to Friday and the way we eat and the way we kind of eat healthy in the weeknight. And we're trying to avoid really having much alcohol on the weeknights. Uh, and then, you know, we'll let ourselves kind of lax up on the weekends, but trying to find some form of rhythm in a time mm -hmm. when there really is no rhythm. Yeah, it's easy to treat this whole thing like a big vacation, you know, in yeah. one sense. And yeah. So your, your guard goes down and, you know, everything else goes down with it. 
So yeah, Josh, I, mean, I feel like the, oh, the thing I have to be most ready for is Zoom calls. So it just feels <laughs> like you can be more relaxed. Well, yeah. that's that's a good segue because uh, Josh, I guess you and Josh both were talking about that. Like, how do you, um, you know, this interaction uh, less world where you're still interacting in a virtual sense, but uh, the impersonalness of our interactions now, like you might think, okay, this is more efficient. I can get more done. But uh, I think both of you are just saying it's actually more draining. Yeah. Well, I, you know, everything now is on a screen, right? Everything we do our nearly and newly course at the church on a screen. We do church on a screen. All my meetings are done on screens and, you know, I'm a social person. So this is emotionally, it's, it's, it's tough on me because I want to be physically with people and it's so important for me to get lunch with people and breakfast with people. But I just feel isolated. I, I could see easily depression kind of setting in if we don't find some, um, a, a way of, of kind of getting around this and, you know, interacting with people in a way that, uh, doesn't require the screen. Um, Even like yeah. the big groups I've noticed, I've really missed, the gathering of the saints. And so mm -hmm. I've had some interaction, you know, just good spacing, good social distancing kind of rules. But I mean, but even just to your point, like I don't shake hands at the end of that. I don't hug them. Um, and then also just obviously all only small gatherings. Like there is something really powerful about gathering with many people. Um, so yeah, I totally totally feel that. I don't know. What, what, what have your thoughts been on that washer? Yeah. I mean, at first it was kind of exciting. Everybody's saying, well, we can zoom. And then you have your first conference meeting and you're like, this is great. You know, we're still getting stuff done. And then the church goes online and you think that's kind of cool. We did, you know, church in our living room, but after about two weeks of it, it starts to feel more monotonous. And like Josh said, you start to miss that human interaction in that presence. And uh, yeah. I can see this really wearing wearing on people after a few weeks and the novelty of it, you know, going away pretty quickly. I mean, I'm thankful for technology. I can't imagine not having anything in this time. You know, the screens are definitely better than nothing, but I definitely think we're created to be with people and not just buried in screens for sure. Yeah, no, I, Man, I echo your sentence, Washer. Interestingly, uh, this afternoon, earlier today, I had my first uh, telemedicine clinic where I saw my patients via telemedicine. So I was on Zoom actually talking to all my patients. And, you know, it's interesting that we were able to accomplish the same goals of what we would have done if it was our, you know, in clinic and seeing each other and stuff. But there was more of an empty feeling, right? I mean, it, there's mm -hmm. so much of, of every aspect of life is a handshake, a smile you know, getting these kind of bodily senses of what people are feeling and doing just based on their movements, interactions. And so I, I think you're right. Um, you know, my family, because we're incredibly uh, social and want to be around people, not just ourselves, uh, have moved all of our life to our front yard, essentially. We yeah. eat dinner outside in the front yard. We watch TV in the front yard. We have fires in the front <laughs> yard every night. Uh, every neighbor walks by and we've met more people randomly than we've ever met in our lives because we can just talk to everybody that walks by. That's our only people we ever interact with. Mm. Um, but it, it's been a refuge for us versus just hanging out or doing Zoom meetings every day. Uh, you, even have, uh, you even have birthday parties in your family. We have birthday parties even there. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, and um, I think that's, a, that's like a good segue, just home life 
And I, I think, you know, I came by your, your birthday party. That I thought it was awesome. Why don't you just kind of explain what happened there and, and how you were able to kind of redeem a really bad situation? Yeah, I mean, I think this is an example of how we find some beautiful kind of redemptive moments and some not so beautiful in the midst of this. And uh, one of my, my youngest child, Marshall, turned five uh, on Saturday. And Marshall's the kid that uh, one day after he turned four, he asked us about his birthday party when he turned five. Yeah. So he's literally been counting this down like every day, you know, uh, you know, every single day brings us up. And we had planned this party weeks ago and we're looking forward to it. Of course, obviously, uh, there was no way you're going to have a toddler's birthday party in the midst of a social isolation. So I really got to credit my wife, Audra, who's fantastic about this. But we uh, essentially emailed a bunch of friends uh, that uh, were his friends or other people and said, hey, listen, we can't do the birthday party, but we want to do something special for him. And, uh, you know, we know we'd get 10 or 15, maybe 20 friends to show up and ask them if they'd drive by our house and yell, happy birthday to Marshall. We'd all be standing out front. Got these big signs saying, God, birthday Marshall, put in the front yard. Man, people were wrapping around the block. And we had over 40 or 50 cup families. It was huge. Cup buying cars. They all made signs. Everybody's dancing. They're playing music. Uh, I mean, it was surreal. I mean, it was one of these magical moments that uh, it was beautiful to see, you know, how people rally together in a time of uncertainty and in a time where, um, you know, they're all craving something. I mean, listen, my son doesn't have 50 friends in our neighborhood. But man, every person desperately wanted something to do uh, on Saturday at four o'clock. I mean, I, I thought we were gonna. I think random people might. have, I didn't even know one or two of the cars going by, you know. But I mean, but it was awesome. And every, we had so many people reach out to us later saying, "Oh, that was so awesome. It was so great." You know, we've actually even uh, tossed the idea around our neighborhood. Do we do this like two times a week? We just start a neighborhood car parade and just kind of try to find ways where we can invite neighbors outside to cheer them up and, and pep them up and stuff like that. And so I think it was an incredible opportunity just to, to see that even in the midst of the struggle, there are ways when we get creative to find, you know, joyful moments in the midst of those things. That's, that's but, awesome. But uh, you were saying earlier, not, not every moment at home with your family, no, a lot no. has been as, as maybe easy as that one was. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, definitely not at all. And I, personally have um really found that um what has really shown me some sin in my life that maybe you know isn't as apparent as i you know have a brief interaction at times in the morning go to work come back in the afternoon and evening but when you're with your family 24 7 that sin really rears its head and uh you know i, I had a long talk with my wife about it last night and, and actually just you know humbly said that my kids today apologize to them for getting you know frustrated with them about things with you know what they're doing around the house and uh went on a nice long walk about it and talking about it and uh you know i think it's one of those things where uh we have to be careful that all of us are going to see i think uh, area of sin we maybe didn't see otherwise because we're, we're spending more time in thought with ourselves than we probably almost ever have yeah i thought and you said oh go ahead so, yeah it's so important that we see this as an opportunity to grow you know and to, to see that you know god is giving this an opportunity to, to really uh, really dig in and let him really use his spirit to manifest new things in our lives that we didn't do before and really change us. And I, that's at least my prayer in this period of time. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. You saying not being able to escape to work uh, earlier when we were talking about this, like how, yeah. 
I mean, all of us, I mean, Josh, you lead an organization, Ben, you lead an organization, Chris, you're a doctor. So everybody does what you say all the time. And so, uh, but at home, we're, you know, we're in these covenantal relationships with our family. And like you said, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to see your own sin and it's a lot easier to really see how really unsanctified we are. And I've, I've definitely had the same experience and have just been convicted that I haven't been loving Paige well or loving my kids well. And you know, it, what it's shown me is like these, it's not like I just, it's not like this lack of sanctification just showed up in the coronavirus. The coronavirus has yeah. revealed, uh, things that were really true of me, you know, even before. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think it's the so lack of, yeah. I was going to say the lack of busyness, um, reveals a lot of that, you know, like you said, you, you're not going here and there and run into this party after work and doing this kid's activity and soccer practice. I mean, you're, you're just more sedentary. So your behaviors are brought to light more. Yeah. Revealed more. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, to me, after the first few days of of kind of noticing this and it doesn't feel good as you can imagine is, um, you know, I told myself, you know, we're getting lazy and kind of waking up later because, you know, what are we going to do all day? That kind of stuff. I said, you know, I've got to get back in the rhythm. I've got to get up before my family does. I need to spend time with the Lord. I need to be praying to go into battle every day with this stuff because this is a battle. <laughs> I mean, it literally is a battlefield in our house right now uh, in many levels. Uh, and this is one of them. And I really have to have my mind set in, in, in prayer every day to prepare for this battle. And it's gonna. That's a good. It's gonna go on. That's a I mean. good. Um, that's such a good perspective, because it's easy to not think of it as a battle. It is easy to think of it, like you said earlier, Jason. It's a. It's a long vacation. Right. It's what mm-hmm. it feels like, and so you're just. You're just more sedentary. You got much more time, and it's kind of easy to fall back and settle into mediocrity in almost every area, and just let the day yeah. drift. Yeah, I mean, I just that delineation between you know work life and home life. It's you know I used to I had a friend that used to say to me when you're coming home, pick a, a, ge- a geographical location where you actually switch off from work to home, and you say, okay, at this point, my job I'm leaving my job behind me at this this location, whether it's a restaurant or whatever. But now it's like it's all bleeding together, and I, I find myself a lot of times kind of on Emily's toes. Um, she used to say when we first got married, you know, um, I'm not your employee um, because <laughs> I would treat her that way. And now I find like I'm having this hard time where I'm supposed to be at work. I'm not at work. And so I'm treating her as if she's an employee. And that's uh, I mean, I shouldn't be treating an employee that way. But you know, the, 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 the lines, the lines get blurred. <laughs> we, need, we need to talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. No, but the way you talk to your wife is you know the bible says husbands don't lord over your wives like it's even different the way you talk to your children right you you yeah you're not talking to them as a subordinate uh and so yeah that's that's a that's a good word well this has been such a helpful conversation i've just been kind of thinking about all these things through kind of gospel lens framework and you know just rhythm for example we talked about rhythm and diet um, you know, I read the book, I spent a couple of years, but you are what you love, like creating rhythms in your life that lead you to loving the things of the Lord. And just even thinking about that in terms of what sanctification looks like, how do I create the rhythms in my life that 
are going to produce something, right? And so the uh, um, the the onion, the, the sour cream and onion chips are going to produce mm. something in me, and that's not that's not a good thing. Um, and just even you were talking about Chris, like this can't be a time where we pray less. It's got to be a time where that's a that is a rhythm of our lives that we hold to. And then I was thinking about even y'all's conversation about the screens and the physical nature and because like we're physical people and, and even our ultimate hope is, is heaven coming down to earth and God living with us, God making his dwelling place with us. Our, our ultimate hope is a city a new heavens and new earth where, where we're, we're dwelling with one another. It's not some sort of spiritual reality. Ultimately God has designed us to be physical beings and, uh, I think we're feeling that it's, it's almost echoing the design of God, the, the, the fact that that's painful. And then just last, like the idea of covenant relationship, like we're, we're in our households with these covenant people, our wives, our children, and it's actually in covenant and in covenant relationship that reveals your true character. So I just, uh, I don't know, just even thinking about this from a Christian perspective, um, these are all really, really helpful things. So I appreciate you guys joining me today. That was great. That's great. Yeah, thank you. For- so for Chris Maduri, Ben Washer, and Josh Youssef, I'm Jason Dees. Have a great week.